listener production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Welcome to another edition of the summer series of Morning Agenda, where we take a look back at the major stories that have set the agenda in 2022. Today, we're looking at the changing workplace and the push to enforce a four-day working week. The COVID pandemic has forever changed, of course, the way we work and what the future of the modern workplace looks like. While some company bosses want employees back in the office full-time five days a week, other companies are leading the way in trialling the four-day working week. Unilever is just one of many employers that have seen greater productivity and output from the shorter working week, while staff have seen their stress levels drop and their well-being improve. Andrew Barnes is the founder of Four Day Week Global and in 2019, even before the pandemic started, Andrew wrote the Four Day Week book, a how-to guide for companies trying to reduce work hours but also increase productivity. So can we have the best of both worlds? Be happy and more productive. Andrew Barnes joins us for this special episode of Morning Agenda. Andrew, thanks so much for your time. This is such a fascinating conversation. Who would have thought before COVID we would ever be talking about a four-day working week? Well, hi, Tash. Yes, I mean, the world has moved incredibly fast, hasn't it, over the last few years. So tell us about your involvement with this push for a four-day working week. Well, I always feel a little bit of a fraud about this because I really started to answer a very simple question, which was how do I improve the productivity in my company? What have I got to do? What, what, how could I improve it? And I worked on the assumption that actually if I gave my staff more time off, they might be more productive. And that was really the, the experiment that we set out to do. You know, I'll give you a day off if you can manage to do your jobs in four days rather than five, but productivity doesn't go down. So in the concept of that, I find this fascinating, Andrew. So basically your employees during this experiment still got paid the same. Did they do longer days during those four days? So really it's not a four-day working week. It's just more hours during the four days. Is, is, is that how it works? No, we talk about the 180-100 rule, 100% pay, 80% time, provided we get 100% productivity. Mm -hmm. There is very good evidence that if you lengthen a working day, that productivity actually drops, rather increases. So what you're doing is you're saying, focus on those things that are productive and stop doing those things which don't add any value or really are just making you busy you know, attending an unnecessary meeting. So that's really at the heart of what we're trying to do here, reducing the working week, but not reducing pay. I think it's a fascinating conversation that I think we've needed to have for many years and, and COVID has just made us have this conversation about looking at productivity in workplaces, Andrew. You would have worked in many workspaces where there's certain employees that are in at seven o'clock in the morning and they don't leave till seven o'clock at night yet completely and absolutely non-productive. They go out for the two-hour coffee, they go out for a three-hour lunch and spend a concerning amount of time online shopping. It's not about hours, is it, in the modern workplace? It's about productivity and you working harder and also smarter. Absolutely working smarter. I mean, I think that's 
at the heart of this. And I think one of the challenges is, is when often we're talking to companies, the very first question they ask us is, well, how do you measure productivity? Mm -hmm. Now, if you think about that, that question is actually, we're not measuring productivity. We're looking at time as a surrogate for productivity. And so what you've got to do is delve beneath that superficial assessment and start to put in place proper measures of output. And those tools are available to all businesses. Once you do that, you recognize that in reality, people are only productive for about two and a half to three hours a day. Oh, so you're suggesting we only do two to three hours work every day, Andrew. I love this. <laughs> that is the global, the is global research suggests that broadly that's what happens. And so you, you're absolutely right. You know, you come into the office, you surf the internet, you have a cup of coffee, you get interrupted. So statistically, in an open plan office, for example, you will be interrupted once every 11 minutes and it will take you 22 minutes to get back to full productivity. Gosh. So the problem with that is that, you know, a large amount of time is being spent not being as productive as you might be. I mean, look, on, on the other school of thought here, Andrew, is the fact that, you know, during the working from home process, from a small company's point of view, some employees do take the mickey though, don't they? So how do we get that great balance between a great outlook for small companies in particular and for productivity, but also ensure that we look after the employees and make them better employees. Because as we know, you have huge staff turnover as a company. That is a huge financial cost for any employer. Yeah, that's exactly right. And one of the things, again, we've seen with companies implementing the four-day week is that staff turnover actually drops. But the challenge with working from home, I mean, you can't confuse it with the four-day week. Mm. In fact, some of the data suggests that people working from home work longer hours. You know, in fact, you're not working from home, if you will. You're sleeping in the office. And that means that at night, often you do work, you know, late at night instead of actually relaxing, which is the key part. So when you're working from home, it's even more important than ever before that organizations start to put boundaries around the time when people work and when people don't work. You have those natural boundaries when you travel to a place of work. But once you remove that, the temptation is to just keep working. And so, you know, it's more acute in my view than ever to put these key boundaries around when you're working and when you're not working. Yeah, that's a great point. Andrew, I want to talk about the global consumer goods company, Unilever. And that was a great example where this company, which is incredibly innovative, put forward this four-day working week and it was a trial. And the research that came out was quite extraordinary. They experienced revenue growth. Most staff reported feeling engaged. Individual well-being improved with stress dropping 33%. Feelings of strength, vigor at work increased 15%, while work-life conflict fell 67%, and staff weren't absent. That dropped 34%. So there's the evidence. That's exactly right. And, and frankly, that is consistent with the evidence really across the board. We saw in our own company 25% improvement in productivity, staff sick days halved, engagement scores went up you know, 40%. This data is just repeated again and again and again. Now, 
it, you know, I'm going out on a limb here. This is a crazy idea. Healthier, happier, more rested, more engaged staff. Are more productive. Now, that's a shock, isn't it? <laughs> it's so well said. So, how do we have this conversation, Andrew? Do you think we will see the four day working week adopted by most companies across the world? I think eventually, yes. I mean, if you go back 100 years, you know, Henry Ford is credited with bringing in the five day week. And you go back 100 years before that and you get the reduction, you know, from seven days to six days. It is a natural evolution, I believe. Now, there's going to be holdouts. But remember, when we started this experiment in in 2018, we were the mad Kiwis who Mm -hmm. were trying an experiment in our company and it got global headlines. Here we are four years later, you've got the UAE has gone to a four-day week. You've got Unilever trialing it. You've got Volkswagen working on a four-day week. You've got pilot programs in, you know, the US, Canada, UK, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. You've got government trials in Spain and Portugal. You've got legislation in Belgium, Romania, Lithuania, India, Russia, and I think some in Japan, all about reducing the working week. This has come to be a mainstream conversation, even if it's not yet a mainstream policy. Yeah, Andrew, so what would you say, because there is a very, very powerful school of thought still established in especially Australia and around the world, where many companies are forcing employees to work even harder. We're seeing people sacked across the board across a number of companies at the moment. And there is still, you know, I would argue an old school of thought that you must be in the office from 7 a.m., to seven o'clock at night, five days a week? Well, I, I think you've got to ask yourself a question. Do you want your company to be better? Do you want your company to be more productive? Do you want your company to be more profitable? Do you want to be able to attract and retain the best staff? If the answer to those questions is yes, then actually you need to start looking at things like the four-day week because the reality is if you don't do this, your biggest competitor might do it first. And if they do, you are paying catch up. You know, if we believe that the five-day week, which was invented for repetitive manufacturing industry in the 1920s, is the model for the fourth industrial revolution in the 21st century, I think we're kidding ourselves. You know, the world has moved on and how we work has to evolve as well. Yeah, Andrew, and you make a great point. All the evidence is there. If if your staff and employees are happy and healthy, they're more productive, which is a win-win for everyone. Absolutely. And also, it you know, it's better for the environment. It's better for things like gender pay. Uh, and it's better for, you know, mental health. One in four, one in five of a workforce will have a stress or mental health issue. These are the big issues facing companies in the 21st century. And I'm not saying the four-day week is a silver bullet, but I am saying that it does actually move the dial positively on a lot of the big problems and issues facing business today. Andrew, it's certainly a fascinating chat about what the future of the workplace will look like. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Listener.